and, and anyone's welcome anytime at church, but in two weeks we're going to have our Christmas musical, and I was able uh, to listen to our Christmas musical as I was traveling uh, the last couple weeks, and it is powerful. It's going to be phenomenal. So I, I want not only everybody to be here for our Christmas musical weekend in a couple weekends, but also invite someone. You have a brochure in your um, bulletin, and you can invite somebody. There's more in the lobby. Uh, it's a great time to invite someone to church. It was great to meet so many new people in church, but, but what's really exciting at church uh, is when you, you meet your, your youngest and newest members. And, and one I got to meet before church, and that's uh, baby Ronan back there. So I don't know if he's still being good and quiet and everything. But, and, then, and then during worship, I see baby Bueno. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Good to see you guys. And, um, and uh, they, those, those two will be the rock stars after church. So, uh, um, but uh, congratulations and welcome to church. So it's good. Grab your Bibles, um, and we're going to look at a couple passages. You can turn to John 15, and then eventually we'll be in Luke chapter 10, John 15 and Luke chapter 10. On the back of your bulletin, it is blank for you to write down anything that the Holy Spirit would speak to you this morning. I don't have necessarily points I'm going to give you this morning, but if you want to write anything down, uh, I'd like you to have it near you. And, I, and, and even though you're like, I, I normally don't take notes Please have it nearby, because we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to do a little practice that we've never done before, and it'll be good to have that in a pen. There's a pen right in front of you, just nearby, so that you can use that um, a little later in the message. So you definitely want your bulletin nearby, whether for notes or for later. We live really busy lives, don't we? Especially this time of year. That's why I'm so glad that you're here today, where we can just hit the pause button for a moment. There's nowhere you have to go. There's nothing you have to do right now at this moment. Just for the next few minutes, we're just going to spend time with the Lord. But we are busy. Your to-do lists are probably packed out. How many of you, like me, have a written-down to-do list? Now, maybe you write it with pen, or maybe you keep it on your phone, or on your computer, but how many of you have an actual to-do list where you write things down? Just raise your hand. Okay, so that's, that's that. Now, how many of you have a to-do list, but you don't write it down, you keep it up here? How many? Okay, how do you do that? All right, I, <clears throat> if we could talk after church, because I am a mess with that. Now, all right, here's the thing. For those of us that do write things down, how many of you write things down after you've done them. So it wasn't on your to-do list, but when you accomplish it, you want something to mark off, so you'll write it on your to-do list just to mark it off. How many of you do that? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You know there's a, a scientific reason why we do that? It's because when we accomplish something, our brain releases dopamine and we feel good. Because we've accomplished something. We've done something. So whether it's on our written to-do list or our Our unwritten to-do list, we're like, yeah, we accomplished something. But with our busyness and our to-do lists, how many of you know that life can change in an instant? Last month, we had three husbands in our congregation pass away and leave widows. And life has changed forever. I think of uh, Laura, I don't know if she's still in here or not. Laura Bangard, are you, are you around? Or maybe, 
she had to, she had to step out. Um, Tuesday morning, she came uh, in the office distraught with the news that her father was having heart and kidney failure in Iowa. And we prayed with her, and, and we blessed her, and we, we sent her on her way uh, to be with her dad and um, keep praying for him. Uh, it's, it's, it's better than it was, and uh, they're keeping him alive, but we, we know that there's been many miracles up to this point, and there'll be many miracles after this point. And so we're going to keep praying for, for Jim Bangert in Iowa. When you remember him, just pray for him. But how many of you know that, that Laura probably had a to-do list on Tuesday and for the rest of the week? She had a, a lot of things to do, and those things probably seemed really important to her Tuesday morning. But then when you get that phone call, all of a sudden, nothing on that list really matters anymore. That everything that I thought was so important, all of a sudden, you're struck with what really matters in life. When that crisis comes, when that tragedy comes, when your world is turned upside down, you find out what's really important. And so today, as we kind of launch into what we're going to be talking about, I want to say this, and this is for everybody, so get this. If you don't hear anything else, this is what I need you to hear. God is not an item on your to-do list. We don't come to church on Sunday morning and then check it off. Okay, I did it. We're all done. Or I'll come at Christmas Eve, or I'll invite somebody to church, or I'll be a good boy or a good girl, and so I can check it off. God is not an item on your to-do list. He is Emmanuel. He is with you. He abides with you and he invites you to abide with him, to know him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we've been talking about the Christian life since the end of summer and just the essentials of the Christian life. And one of the essentials of following Jesus, something that we hear over and over again, it's this idea of abiding in Christ. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me, abide in me, Jesus says. You were designed for a life with God. You were designed to abide with him. You were designed to have abundant life. That's how our life is supposed to be. But in the busyness of our to-do lists and all the things that we need to get done, all of a sudden, we can get so busy that we begin to stray. And before we know it, our faith begins to erode and, and we won't even know what happened. It's a picture that we'll put on the screen here. This picture is actually... Uh, it looks like a meadow, doesn't it? Just, just a, a, a meadow of, of wildflowers, tall grass, trees. That was actually a picture taken of Lake Geneva as one of their premier golf courses that closed just a couple years ago. If you would have saw this picture um, just a couple years ago, it would have been some of the most beautiful greens and sand traps and lakes, and since it's closed, it's just become overgrown, closed to the public. In fact, I had to kind of go over a fence to get this picture because it was a place I, I like to go to play golf, and, but, but now it looks like that, and that's what happens when we don't watch things, if we don't care for things, if, if we're so busy with everything else and we stray. 
Luke chapter 10 is a familiar story that uh, we're going to look at today, and this is really the story where we'll stay. And it's a familiar story. I probably don't even need to read it, but I will. I'll read it from the New Living Translation, and it's the story of Martha and Mary. It's Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I think about Mary, and, and, and Mary's really not a bad person, because the very first thing that it says is that she welcomed Jesus into her home. She welcomed him there. That, that, that was part of her life, was to honor Jesus. And the problem is she got so busy preparing a meal she was preparing a meal that Jesus didn't even really ask for, that she missed out on the big thing that was going on. See, in our life, we get so busy, and we just let things come into our life. We just allow them just to, to, to come in and crowd everything out. We let our minds be open to so many things, and we just let anything that wants to come in, come in. In fact, things like worry, we give worry its own key. It can come in anytime, so we'll just worry. I mean, that's just... We're wide open to so many things, and, and, and yet Jesus doesn't barge in. He, he stands at the door and he knocks. And he says, will you let me in? Mary is seen at the feet of Jesus. She's probably there because as he would come in and be welcomed into the home, chances are she's the one that would wash his feet. And after she's done washing his feet, she probably puts the towel in the basin to the side, and she just continues to sit there quietly listening to Jesus tell his stories of all the things that are happening, sharing his heart, because at the time of this story, Jesus is moving toward the cross, and she's listening to the heart of Jesus, just abiding in his presence. I hope that's what church can be for you. That you can walk through these doors and just set everything aside. But I know that's not true. I know that many sit in these pews and you're worried. You're worried about something that's going on later today or maybe this week. Or, or, or there's just something that's weighing you down. And I want to tell you that when you're in the presence of God, there's really nothing else to do. You don't need to fix anything. You don't need to work on anything. You need to be in the presence of God. But what happens in our mind, we tell ourselves lies. We, we, we think, well, well, I'm not being productive. I don't know if I really have time. I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm lazy if I'm just sitting in the presence of the Lord. And while we tell ourselves the lie, the truth is that we really do want to be busy. If we were honest, we, we really do like to be busy because when we're busy, we're important. We're needed. We can do our own thing. We're in control. When we're busy, we can say we're out of control, but really it shows that we are trying to stay in control. 
Jesus told us, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When I'm abiding with Christ, when I'm with him, there's life. But when I'm apart from him, and I just stepped outside, and I, I looked under one of our trees, and, and there was this branch, and this branch is dead. In fact, this branch is so dry, we could probably throw it in a fire and it would be gone in, in a moment. See, when we are disconnected from the vine, the only chance this branch has to live and bear fruit is to be attached to the vine, and it's detached. And Jesus says, I want you to remain in me, because when we remain in him, we have life. There's fruit that's uh, being produced in our life, and that's what we were created for, that Life to abide with God. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite devotionals, and I read it every morning when I get to church up in my office, and it's the devotional Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. It's one of the most popular devotions out there. If you, if you don't have it, you can get it anywhere. You can go to Walmart and pick it up. But Sarah writes a devotional a little differently. There are two or three verses, usually every day, and and from those verses, Sarah has listened to the Lord, and she writes it actually in that first person as though Jesus is speaking, and he really, she believes that Jesus has spoken these things to her, and they are powerful each day. And so for the verses that we're talking about today, I went back and found a, a devotional from September, and I'd like to read it to you. So listen to these words, and imagine Jesus speaking to you right now. I designed you to live in union with me. This union does not negate who you are. It actually makes you more fully yourself. When you try to live independently of me, you experience emptiness and dissatisfaction. You may gain the whole world and yet lose everything that really counts. Find fulfillment through living close to me, yielding to my purposes for you. Though I may lead you along paths that may feel alien to you, trust that I know what I'm doing. If you follow me wholeheartedly, you will discover facets of yourself that were previously hidden. I know you intimately, far better than you know yourself. In union with me, you are complete. In closeness to me, you are transformed more and more into the one I designed you to be. We were designed to abide with Christ. And I think that the main thing that separates us from God is the thought that he is far away from us. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And one of the best ways to connect with his presence is through quiet stillness, to just be present with him in any given moment. And the truth is, is that we're not really present in the moments of our life. Research has been done that half of our lives are spent somewhere else. That some of us just veg out scrolling through Facebook. Or we veg out just binge watching something on TV. Or our mind travels. Did you know that you can time travel? You can. Because your mind will head you backwards to all the mistakes you've made and all the regret. And you can think about the past. Or... Your mind can go into the future and you can start worrying about everything that's coming down the pike. And yet God says, no, in this moment, I want you to be with me. 
We live our lives half of the time not even there. And he says, no, this is the only moment you have to be with me, to love me. We can make plans to, to love God and do something for him or whatever. And those are good plans, but those are just plans. Right now is the only moment I have with God. And I need to return to those moments again and again and again because I need Jesus. I need to surrender to him. I need to, to come to him. I need him at work in my life. I want to be close to him. And when I get close to him, I need to shut up. And I need to be quiet. I need silence in my life. Do you realize that silence is actually a spiritual discipline? To just be quiet. I think some of the most intimate times in our life is when it's silent. When you're sitting there with your spouse and you're gazing into each other's eyes, no words being said. When you're sitting with that friend or family member that is um, not doing well, suffering. There's no words, but you're just present, sitting there with them in silence. Shared this uh, on Mother's Day when I talked to, about my mom, and, and in those last few days, going over to the house, and, and um, she couldn't talk, and, and I was a mess, and I couldn't say anything, and so we just sat there in silence together. And it's something about that silence. It, it, it's like everything melted away and there was just love left. Just love. And there's something beautiful about that silence. But the practice of silence and being still, it, it's, it's a lost art. We live in a noisy world. We're a charismatic church, so there's not a lot of silence in our services. We like to sing and shout and say the name of Jesus. But sometimes we need to practice silence. Sometimes we need to just be quiet. We just need to be at his feet, listening to him. And, and that's what I, I'd like us to do today, because even though it's a lost art in our world, I believe that it's going to enable us to, to experience God. And so I'm, I'm looking at the clock. Don't, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the clock here but we're going to just spend some time in silence. And I'm going to ask you to do something. Um, first of all, uh, maybe you never do this, but I'm going to ask you to turn your phone completely off during this time. Not just to silent, completely off. Turn your phones completely off. And then ask yourself, when was the last time I did that? And not just to reset it, but to turn it off. I'm going to ask you to, to, our pews are very comfortable, so, um, and it, it is a little warm, I get it, but um, don't sit too comfortable, like sit straight up or something, and don't cross your legs, and uh, don't put your arms out, and put your head back, just so you're a little uncomfortable, you just need to be a little uncomfortable, because we're, we're going to be quiet uh, for a little bit here, and, um, and so... Uh, I'm, I, I would like you to have that, that bulletin next to you um, because when we're quiet, that's a lot of time when God begins to speak to us. And so if God is speaking something to you, 
I'd love for you to write it down. So just have your bulletin and a pen nearby. Just, you can write one word down or whatever just to remind yourself of what the Lord is speaking and then go back uh, to the quiet silence. And I'm, I'm going to read a verse here and we're going to be quiet for five minutes and, 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 and I'm going to prepare you right now because as soon as this starts, your brain's going to go crazy. You're going to start thinking about everything. Okay? And, and the reason is because we're full. And, and you know, Eastern religions teach on meditation, like we need to empty ourselves, completely empty ourselves. And sometimes as believers, we need to empty ourselves so God can fill us up, so that God can speak to us. Because sometimes he can't speak to us because we're too full. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're not, we're not going to empty ourselves, we are gonna, we're going to meditate on scripture. And so if your mind starts going like, okay, I got to get this done and I got to get that done and where are we going to go to lunch and I got to get to my kid's game afterwards. If you find your mind just going, I'm, I'm just going to have you just say this word in your, in your brain to yourself, grace, grace. Just go back to, because a lot of times we beat ourselves up, man, I can't even be quiet for five minutes. How, is, how am I ever going to, we're not going to do that because there's no wrong way of doing this. There, there, God is just, he just wants to be with you. And so, so just that grace, just, just give yourself grace. And then also notice your body. Don't get too comfortable. Notice just being a little bit uncomfortable or, or, or notice you breathing or something that, that's going on because our mind can time travel, but our body can't. And so you want to stay here in this moment with Jesus at his feet. And so just we want you to do this. And, and I'm going to watch the time, so, so don't worry about that. I'll watch it, but it's going to be, I want it to be completely silent in here. So are you guys ready? All right. Just a second, and then I'm going to, oh, okay. I'd like you to close your eyes as well. If you get too comfortable, somebody snores next to you, just give them an elbow, wake them up. But again, this is our time with God. Just imagine you're like Mary, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're just going to kind of look into his eyes, and if he speaks to you, then just write it down. But just, it's our time with the Lord, and, and I'm going to read a verse as we begin, and then I'll set our timer. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing.
Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. All right, just take a deep breath. As I said, silence is an intimate moment, so we're not going to discuss it or anything. But if, if, if you would be honest, um, just by a show of hands, how many of you heard God speak to you in those moments? Just raise your hand. Yeah, all across the place. And you say, I didn't, I didn't hear God. Sometimes we just need a little longer in his presence. Was, that was less than five minutes. But it was beautiful, right? I mean, it's, it's something so important. There was a BBC documentary done a um, number of years ago, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you can still watch it online if you want to. It's called The Big Silence. The Big Silence. And a priest wanted to find out if, if God would speak in silence to a variety of different people, and so they chose... Five people across Great Britain, one being a believer, and then on the other spectrum, kind of a hardcore atheist, and then kind of everybody in between. They just really didn't have much time for God, but they would be a part of the, the documentary. And so he brought these uh, five people together, and, and it was a fascinating journey as they, you know, they, some took it seriously, some didn't. And, but by the end, they had all spent silence in God, and here was the amazing result is that everybody heard from the Lord. Even the hardcore atheists said, I heard God's voice. He goes, all my friends are going to think I'm, I'm crazy that I, that I joined a cult or something, but I, I heard God's voice. We have to create that space for him to, to sit at his feet, to be with him in that secret place, because the Bible says, Jesus says, that what happens in secret, he will reward in the open. That when we spend that time with God, that private, quiet time with the Lord, he's doing something inside of us so that when we are out in public and we all influence people, everyone in this room, you are an influence to the people around you. And don't we want our influence to be that of the Lord? Don't we want God to deposit something in that, that, that secret place, that quiet time that can come out when we go out into the public? That's how Jesus lived. That's how he ministered. And when we live in that quiet, secret place, I believe that's where the Holy Spirit comes fresh and new. And instead of just being busy with our to-do lists, Paul calls that just living in the flesh, doing what we want to do, just doing whatever happens next. All of a sudden, we begin living by the Spirit. And when we live by the Spirit, there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. There's all of a sudden, there's this freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is, and we need that in our life. And so, as we enter the busiest season of the year for almost all of us, as we walk in this time where our to-do lists are exploding, don't make God just an item on that list. Abide with Him, because He's already abiding with you. And this abiding with God is important because I'm going to give you one more verse here. And it's just a couple verses down from where he says, remain in me, abide in me, and I remain in you. In John 15, 7, he says, 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That verse is not a verse of a genie in a bottle. That's a verse for the children of God who abide with Him in the secret, quiet place. The ones that are attached, that have the life and the fruit of the Spirit working inside of them. Jesus needs to be not only the first in our life, He needs to be the center of our life. And if you can, join me this season by beginning your day in silence, ending your day in silence, and throughout the day, abiding with Him, no matter how busy you get. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? I'm going to pray before we go this morning. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and it's quick and it's powerful and it penetrates our heart. And I pray, Lord, as we've heard your word today, that it would find good ground in our heart. Lord, in in the busyness of the season and all the things we have to do and all the places we have to go and all the things we have to shop for and all the movies we watch and all the Christmas songs we listen to, Lord, I pray that we would find time each day, morning and night, just to be quiet, just to sit at your feet, to abide with you. And Lord, may you give us the strength and all that we need to accomplish all that we need to do, because Lord, there is a lot to do. But Lord, we want to do it in your strength, not ours. We want to do it your way, in what you ask for, not in our way, in what we want. And thank you, Lord, that you promised in your word that we went, when we take delight in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. So may we delight in you. May we know you. Just as you are with us, may we open our lives to be with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God's word is alive. And it needs to be alive in us. And... Uh, Thank you for doing that today. We've never done anything like that before, but maybe we should do that more. It's just, especially at Christmas time, we need to be quiet. Oh my goodness, it's, it's crazy. We're about to receive the blessing of the Lord, but before we do, uh, once a month on the first Sunday of every month when we have communion, we take an offering at the end of this service. This is an above and beyond offering, and this entire offering is for the poor. It's for those in need. Everything that's given in this offering is given to help people who are in need. Um, So there's no obligation to give in this offering. This is just, if if God's blessed you and you can help someone else, uh, sometimes that person is in our church family. Sometimes they're in the community. Sometimes they're on the other side of the world. But if there is a need, uh, we reach out to help. You may be sitting next to somebody that we've helped and you don't even know it. Um, Or you may be sitting next to somebody who gave to help you. It's a private thing. It's between uh, the Lord and, and us. And so we give to the Lord that, that God can meet all the needs around us. And um, it's an honor and privilege to do that. If you, if you are going through a hard time, again, don't feel any obligation to give. But if God's blessed you, you can give a little something. Everything given in this offering goes to help those in need. Just real quickly, a couple months ago, before uh, we did it for our church family, we actually did it for um, hurricane victims in Texas and in Florida. And... We were recently on the cruise, and, and I told you about that before we left. And on the cruise were some fellowship members, the president of the fellowship and the one who oversaw uh, the Texas region where, where Hurricane uh, Katrina was. 
not Katrina, but um, whatever, the hurricane, the big hurricane. Um, so, um, and they, they both pulled me aside and said, Did you, do you realize that you were uh, one of the first and one of the biggest gifts given by the church? And we can't tell you how much it meant to the recovery efforts. There's, there's just pictures that'll be scrolling through. Just scroll through those pictures. Yeah. Anybody seeing in a red shirt is one of the uh, fellowship volunteers. They're from our fellowship of churches called the Fellowship Network. And so just keep rolling through those. Uh, in some cases, they were just providing food for people. Other times, they were cleaning up. In some cases, entire structures had to be torn down. Um, some things just had to be cleaned out and rebuilt. Sometimes new appliances were needed. And, uh, and you gave in an offering in an amazing way. And, and it helped so many people. And, you know, it's beautiful. Someday we'll get to heaven and we'll see all the people we helped. We'll probably never meet them before that. But there are pastors, there are churches, there are families um, in our fellowship that you helped. And uh, so on behalf of them, because they said thank you to me just a, a week ago, I want to say thank you to you on behalf of them. So they are very, very grateful. So thank you for your giving. Um, and today's uh, will go for those in, in need around here in our community. So um, men and women, come forward. God, thank you for this opportunity to give. We give with cheerful hearts and grateful hearts, knowing, God, that you are meeting every need according to your riches and glory and that you are using us and what a privilege that is. And so, God, we give uh, to you today and we pray that every need will be met. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you give this morning, um, there's a couple things in the lobby that I want to tell you about before you go. Um, one is our brand new devotional. It just came out. So if you got that in the mail, great. If you didn't, we mailed them out on Tuesday, so hopefully you got them. Uh, but if you didn't get it, there's more in the lobby. If you never get our devotionals, please see Pastor Dan. Is Pastor Dan in here? Is he nearby? I want 